It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 11th of December. The Thunder look great. The Jazz don't have a great defensive two-game stretch out on the road. We'll look at those things, and we'll go back to Time Machine Tuesday. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Tired voice today. Hope you're doing great. This is your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Can you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and a look on a daily basis to the Utah Jazz. You can get this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or tell your smart speakers to play podcast. Locked on Jazz. Uh... So we always like to look. We kind of got away from this. I think there's great value in it, so let's go back to it where we kind of just run through the game and figure out what happened in what was a 122-113 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder Jazz. Now go to 13-15, and 9-9 and nine away. Uh, offensive rating last night for the Thunder looked to be about a 115. And the Jazz offensive rating last night by the end of the night was a 107. This, uh, the Jazz scored 38 irrelevant fourth quarter points. So this is where I'm excited to see what cleaning the glass does when it dumps the, what it determines as uh, blowout. Because some of that was not, um, I don't think of great value. But the Thunder play with such incredible force and length defensively that as we saw in the playoff series, you've got to get used to it and then you adjust and then you play through it and you get better at it as the night goes on. And I thought we saw that a little bit with Utah last night. They scored 22 in the first, 24 in the second, 29 in the third, and 38 in the fourth. The defense fell apart in the third quarter, allowing 42 uh, points to the Thunder. They held them to 23 in the fourth, which brought the defensive number uh, back down to a more realistic number. And that's that's where, you know, the defense on both those two nights of our now 28 games this year, our defensive rating against San Antonio is our 20th of the year, and against Oklahoma City was our 18th. Now, San Antonio's top seven or eight offensive team, and Oklahoma City is um, is not, but uh, had a good had a decent game. So I'm not. And San Antonio made a nice adjustment, but I'm I'm a little surprised uh, because it, the Jazz had not had a really poor defensive game since the Pacer game, uh, since the back to back with Sacramento. We had not had a defensive game where the number looked unusual. That was a 117. We had a 109 against Charlotte, but we were in control of that game the whole way and won, and the offense was so good. And there's some point 
I always feel like, you know, if the offense is rolling, we had our third best offense at night of the year, that the defense will maintain itself to what it needs to be. And it certainly did in that Charlotte game. You never thought we were going to lose. So a little surprising because if you go back, it had been since that Indiana game and then before that, the two Indiana um, Sacramento game since the 23rd of November in a 10 game in an eight game stretch the Jazz had really had one bad defense a night one and just linked back to back nights that weren't great defensively now they weren't great offensively either but if we're going to be a really good team it's going to be because we're elite defensively that's There's no other way to look at it. Last night, the Jazz gave up 32 shots at the rim, which is an awful lot. Um, We did 32 to Charlotte, 30 to Sacramento, 32 to the Lakers. The Lakers really pound the the rim. But prior, you know, there it is kind of again, we had kept people away from the rim. San Antonio had 19, Houston 26, San Antonio 16, Miami 24, Brooklyn 26. Um, we've done a better job in that regard. We forced 32 mid-range shots. Like, that's a lot. Um, and that actually went well. They just went 12 of 32. Um, San Antonio took 56 against us and then 52 in the previous. So we've done a really nice job of that. Um, we guarded the corner three against the Thunder really, really well. Um, They went one of six, and then here was that weird anomaly that kind of makes you go, huh? Um, The Thunder coming into the game in the last 10 games had been 42%, and maybe this is just the law of averages came back. They've been 42% on corner threes, and they have a bunch of guys that shoot the corner three really well. Abrinas, 8 of 21 coming in. Paul George, Terrence Ferguson, Grant, 44%. Schroeder, 40%. So the Jazz did a great job defending the corner three, knowing that in the scouting report. Thunder had been 28% on above the break threes for the previous 10 games, and they went and hit 47%. They went 7 of 15 last night. That seems a little unlucky, um, but in, when you're down 29, I don't think luck um, has a lot to do with it. Uh, the The Thunder as you're not used to playing them, come with such a force and such length, and then defensively they force so many turnovers, and the Jazz are prone for turnovers, and the Thunder get out and run on turnovers, and that makes it a problem. Um, By the end of the night, the Jazz had taken 40 shots at the rim again, which is just an incredible number, Um, but had gone 2 of 17 on above-the-break threes. The uh, last night, five of eleven on the corner three. You know we are not a great shooting team. Uh, you just look down the roster. We've got Kyle now, but generally when you look down our roster, you're just not going to look at this and say to yourself like, "Wow, that's that's a great shooting team." And so you've really got to have great shot distribution. Um, the Jazz for the season, take the get the fifth most amount of shots at the restricted area and make the fourth most. They get the seventh most amount of threes in the league. 
They get the third most amount of corner threes in the league at 10.9%. The only people with more are the Rockets and the Hawks. Overall, the Jazz take the fourth best shot distribution just purely on percentage of smart shots, 75%. So the Jazz are a 37% of all shots are at the rim and basically 37% of shots are threes. It's pretty 37, 37, 25. It's pretty, it's actually 37, 38, 24. It's pretty incredible. Now you got to make them. Um, they have the fifth best overall points gained per shot. We're po- 0.8 points gained every night because of our shot distribution. Now you got to make them. Uh, and last night we didn't. Above the break three, we ranked 23rd in the league in shooting. Corner three, we ranked 26th in the league in shooting. Those are those are hopefully numbers. That's why I want to acquire Kyle Korver. Hopefully numbers that straighten themselves out a little bit. Defensively, you know, Paul George was a part of it, but I do think I felt like I was a little surprised how much space Paul George got on some of those. Thunder, frankly, look terrific. They're way better than the playoff team we played last year. Raymond Felton was terrible. Now Dennis Schroeder's taking those minutes. They didn't really have a backup center last year. Nolene's Noel, who's not perfect, but is better than what their backup center was last year. And Jeremy Grant, who I've always really been a huge fan of, and his role with the amount of, of what they need out of him is a great four, far better than Carmelo. They look great. I, I I left the building last night thinking that they're a bona fide home court advantage team. In fact, I kind of feel like three of the four home court advantage teams are set. Denver, Oklahoma City, and the Warriors. By the way, if you're interested, the defensive numbers, we're still 29th in the league in allowing paint non-restricted area shots, field goal percentage, and 26th. On mid-range shots. The numbers are coming back down a little bit. But that has not equalized entirely for us yet. And we're 27th on above the break threes. Those are always the areas where the variance is supposed to be pretty small. The standard deviation. Now it's getting there. We're 2.5 percentage points worse on the mid-range than the league average. Our paint non-restricted area has got to come back. That one's a little funky. Um, and then... Our threes were at 36.9%. The league average is 346 so that'll come down a little bit as well. Just It's inevitable. Um, we're the fourth best team in the league at denying shots at the rim. And we're the second best team at denying threes. Like, we can't be playing the game better. Um, we, it just, we just can't be. And those are the things we have to do well to survive, and they'll they'll start to benefit us a little bit more than they are right now. Uh, we'll look at some more aspects of that ball game, um, some schedule comparisons um, as well. Coming up here in a second, today's show is brought to you by Grip Six dot com. Grip Six dot com slash lock. Get you 20% off. They've got some other deals as well. But first, let me tell you about Grip6. Belt Company, out of Utah. Uh, they do uh, fabulous things. They 
Um, they've made it's all I wear. The belts and the buckles are interchangeable, so you have a bunch of variations. The belt swoops underneath the buckle. There's no flaps. There's no holes. You can fit it custom exactly to you. If you're like me and you change a little bit during the year, um, I get bigger during the season. It's nice to be able to do that, and you're not suddenly finding a new belt buckle. Uh, the guys that are a little heavy tell me that uh, that that is a. It's been good for them. That there's some problems with other belts if they're a little heavier. So check it out. Uh, the deal for you right now, the best deal they have for you is $89 Classic Pack, $33 off, three buckles, three straps, including the Grip 6 hanger. You can use Lock 89 for that, and then they're linking you at Grip6.com slash Lock to the better sales they have for you than just 20% off. Nice of them to do that for you. And also, nice little uh, visual there to show you how the belt works. I think you'll be super impressed. Great gift idea. It's Grip6.com. Slash lock. Today's show is also brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. I am driving the new 2019 Santa Fe. It's pretty amazing. Set it on cruise control. It has the lane assist. It has the cruise control uh, adaptive where it reads the car in front of you. And I find myself, I'm doing very little on that drive. It's not quite autonomous driving, but it's sure crazy safe and it's all standard. Plus, it has the new amazing backseat assist where if you have a kid in the back of the car and they're about to open the car door, or anyone, frankly, and there's a car coming, it vacuum seals, it recognizes that and does not let the car door be open, keeping you safe. Drives fabulously. Super space for an SUV as well. That's what you'll find out. Put, put Hyundai on your list. If you're looking for a car and you don't have Hyundai on your list, at least check it out. Add it to your list. Go to 46 46 South State Street in Murray or in Logan and in Linden. And it, and check out, go on their showroom and look what you can get for your money. Then you can make your own decision. But I think you'll be surprised by what you see there. So I don't love um, that the Jazz got blown out by 29 last night. Okay, so uh, I think there's a little rightfully... Um, a little bit of a concern on anyone's part that might see this and say to themselves, hey, um, what? it's not the losing, it's how we're losing. I'll, I'll buy that a little bit. Uh, I think there's two things that are going on here with that. One is, and, and we've talked about this a lot, so I apologize if you've ever heard this, we just have not had any easy games. You know, we're we're we've played eight. According to NBA.com, we've played eighteen games against teams with a record of five hundred or better. Now, I'm actually having a hard time figuring out what the games are we've played of teams that are below five hundred um, that they're counting. But using their numbers, I mean, and then if you look at it, so that counts the two against Houston, the one against Miami. The one against Brooklyn. Who else is below 500? Uh, San Antonio is now below 500. Still one game below 500. And the Pelicans are one game below 500 now. And Minnesota's one game below 500. Okay, so that's... If you actually go take this and look at it as... There are... Right now in the NBA, there are... Miami's four games below 500, Washington's five, Brooklyn's eight, 
Okay, so they're not. Brooklyn's not very good. Washington's not been great. New York's twelve. Atlanta's fourteen. Cleveland's fifteen. Chicago's sixteen. Phoenix is nineteen games below five hundred. We played one game against those teams. One. One. That's the Jazz play over the course of a season. If you're looking at Washington, Brooklyn, New York, Atlanta, Cleveland, that's we play ten. Six games, six teams, 12, four games against Houston. 16 of our 82 games are against those teams that are not good. Okay? It's not a lot. But it is 20% of your schedule. And we've completed a quarter of our schedule without playing any of that 20%. And the impact is you we're just lacking confidence and belief because every night we're playing a difficult team. The analogy I've used is let's take golf, for example. If you're playing Promontory Nicholas or Tuhey, I'm using Park City Private Club references. You just got a promotion and you're now belonging to a $100,000 country club. It's pretty cool. Okay. If you're playing, those courses are brutal, brutally hard. Like, if you're a golfer, and the difference, by the way, between an easy and a hard golf course, it can be as, for those of you that aren't golfers, if you're, if you're could be as much as seven, eight, nine strokes. You can be hitting the ball just as well at Promontory Nicholas and, or Tuhey and put up an 86 and go to Glendale or Rose Park and shoot a 77 and hit the ball the exact same. But mistakes there are made worse. In other words, breakdown defensively. The guy hits the shot versus not hitting the shot. They take advantage. You know, a bad putt is a million times worse. And that's what the Jazz have going on right now. And the impact, if you're like a five or six handicap, which I wouldn't know, but just assuming. If you're a five or six handicap, you're used to shooting you know, 78, 80, and you're dropping 87, 88, 89, even though you're actually playing just as well, you begin to lose confidence. You begin to stop believing in what you're doing. You now go to the tee box and think about fiddling with your drive. You think about, like, maybe I should change this. You're on an uneven lie on a downhill, right-sloping lie with a right-sloping green. You are just screwed. Yeah, it's like hole number 10 at Promontory. Yes, exactly. Like, now instead of hitting a flat shot where you just land into a flat green, you got to actually try to maybe shape it a little bit, have it hit, not roll. Like, come on now. But that's what the Jazz are doing, playing really good teams every night. And there's just been no confidence boosters. Even if you just take add. The teams are three games below 500. So that adds Orlando, Miami, Houston. Okay? So that now, if you take the teams that are three games to 500 or more, the Jazz should play, depending if we, we do, play 28 of our 82 games against those teams. 35% of our games should be against those teams. We've played four. Four. 14% instead of 
and we're three and one in those games. Like, here's what's interesting about this season to me, and I honestly am just don't know right now to be just when you're down last night, Oklahoma City looked like they were so much better than we are. Now, is that because they are? Is that because they're long, physical, athletic, difficult to play? We're lacking confidence. They had two days to sit there. We are on a back-to-back. They're playing great. They have great confidence. They're great defensively. It's a bad matchup. You've got to get used to playing them. Or is it that they're way better than we are? I don't know. But I do know that Oklahoma City has had the exact opposite schedule than us. And it matters. I mean, it really matters. They have played nobody. Like last night, arguably, was one of their bigger tests. Of those teams that we're talking about, they've played Phoenix, Charlotte, and they've won all of them to their credit. They're thirty I think they're like thirteen and one against below five hundred teams. But they have played Phoenix, Charlotte, Washington, Cleveland, Phoenix, New York, Phoenix, Charlotte, Cleveland, lost at oh no, that was Denver. Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, who's not good. We haven't played them yet. Brooklyn, Chicago. Like that's, they came in having the last five games that they played prior to us were Cleveland, Atlanta, Detroit, Brooklyn, Chicago. Now to Denver's credit, Denver beat them. Right? Denver went and beat the Thunder in Chesapeake Energy Arena. Denver's really good. So, you know, you got to maybe put up a big better stand than 29 point, but let's see what happens when they actually start to play someone. Next time we play them is on the 22nd, and we're on a back-to-back coming out of Portland, and they've been sitting around for three days. Again. Why? I don't know. But their next night they're on a back-to-back against Minnesota. Minnesota's probably been sitting around for three days. But I do think that this matters. I I actually kind of look at New Orleans, who I thought was going to be a lot better than they are, and they've played 20 games against teams that are 500 or better. And I think they're going through a little bit of the same thing. The Wolves have played 18. They're 6-12 and 12 in those games. Give Denver credit. They've played 17. They're 13-14. and 14. So you couple the fact that we've played almost no easy games and 18 road games when the next closest team in the Western Conference has played 15. And maybe that's why, it's happen- why we're getting blown out. I mean, it's, it's a little... Last night, Oklahoma City looked like they were on a totally different level than we are. So that makes it hard. I'm not, you know, I'm not ignorant of of what's taking place there. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. So Action Heat can... 
is basically the technology that you have in your car, in your car, on your car seat, heated, except for on your shirt. So I have my Action Heat shirt right here. You can feel it. It's a little heavier than normal, but it's got these panels inside of it and a little cord, and it runs on your body, and it's going and it's going to heat you up. I got my Action Heat socks as well that they've sent me. It's just the coolest and makes such a big difference if you're – and what a great gift. They have heated jackets. They have socks. They have gloves. They have undergarments, base layer. So stay warm and cozy with Action Heat, whether it's hunting, whether it's just out of a football game, whether it's skiing, going to a ski race. It's all at Action Heat. So check it out, actionheat.com slash locked on. That's actionheat.com slash locked on, and you'll save 20%. I'm doing a little actionheat.com locked on for uh, members of my family. So check it out, um, and you'll see the setup, the jackets, uh, the heated gloves uh, for men and women, all there for you. It's actionheat.com slash locked on, and you get 20% off. Today's show is also brought to you by Homie. Homie is a Utah-based company that is trying to revolutionize the real estate world. For $199, you can list your property. And then actually, if you use the promo code LOCKED, you end up with a, an extra $100 off. And then their team is going to be behind you every step of the way, giving you uh, all the support you need to be able to allow you uh, they have their, their set of agents. Their team will help you out and then save you on commissions. They, they When I was there at their office, they were talking about how um, somebody recently sold a million-dollar house, saved like $60,000 in commissions. So maybe you're not selling a million-dollar house, but you can decide um, for yourself uh, how what the price of your house is and how much money you'll save uh, with Homie. One, one thing about Homie that... It's not just this um, this app company that exists out there. It's a company that actually has people that are running it, that have created it, that are humans. Um, there's Their technology is certainly what they're using to change the way the um, that they're pers- that you know that they're impacting uh, the industry. But it's not you know necessarily uh, exactly who they are. Uh, one of Homie's experienced agents and VPs of real estate operations is a guy by the name of Jack Hanley. Worked at a large brokerage firm at Berkshire Hathaway prior to joining Homie. Undergraduate from Yale, law degree from Virginia. Champion uh, grappler and cryptocurrency buff. Jack joined the company because he knew disruption was coming to real estate. And the current business model and commission structure had to change. So find out for yourself. Get a $100 listing call 801-899-0072. That's 801-899-0072 or go to homie.com. That's 801-899-0072. All right. Is there anything else on today's? We'll talk about officiating. I I, I shared on the air my officiating theory on what the league needs to do um, in regards to officiating. I'll I'll build that back out. Um, Anything else left over from last night before we go play Time Machine Tuesday? Uh, Joe Ingles, no threes in back-to-back games. Either Joe could be tired. He played a lot of minutes. So they've cut his minutes down recently, which is nice. Um, or teams are really zeroing in on him in some way. Um, anything else? No. 
particularly. All right. Uh, I thought the Thunder looked good. I, I'm, I'm curious to watch them. I, I've not been a big Thunder guy. I didn't like their team at all last year at any point in time. Um, and I would admit I really thought that that looked like a good basketball team last night. Uh, I have seen three teams this year that I thought looked really, really good. Uh, I thought Denver looked great. We were extremely exhausted that night. We had no chance to win. Um, but I thought they still looked good. Um, I thought Toronto looked amazing. And I thought Oklahoma City looked great. Have I forgotten anybody? Those are the teams I've seen this year. I thought Dallas looked really good in all of our games, and so did Sacramento, but not on that not on that level. Um, Boston, by the way, has won six straight. Kind of nice to get the two wins against them. All right, let's go into Time Machine Tuesday. We've pulled out our 1993-94. Let's go check it out. So it'll be 1993 season, December 11th of 1993. Three. Let's see what the Utah Jazz were doing. Well, I love this Time Machine Tuesday. The 93-94 team was a team that made it to the conference finals and lost to Houston. All right. Oh, we played on a back end of a back-to-back against the Golden State Warriors. And we lost in overtime. 115-112. to By the way, the pace of play in that game was 94 possessions. We're playing like 108 now. Um, the Jazz took 12 threes in that game. Walter Bond went three of six from three, played 41 minutes. Somebody must, Jeff Hornacek must have been hurt. Or do we not have Hornacek yet? No, we had Hornacek. Do we have Hornacek by 93? Or Jeff Malone was hurt. Jazz started John Stockton. He Oh, my God. Oh, it's an overtime game. John Stockton played 43 minutes, though. He had 11 points, 16 assists, five rebounds, four turnovers. Went 5 of 9 shooting. Mailman played 49 minutes. Had 29 points on 12 of 24 shooting. 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. Walter Bond got the small, got the shooting guard start for the Jazz. He went 5 of 12, had 13. Felton Spencer played center that night, had 22 and 10. Brian Russell played 22 minutes, had 6 points. Ty Corbin came off the bench for an 18.10 rebound, 4 assist game in 31 minutes. Jay Humphreys... We were talking about Jay Humphreys at our Legends Lunch the other day. I really thought he was going to be the answer. Traded Jay Murdoch, or Eric Murdoch for Jay Humphreys. Um, 3 of 12. Tom Chambers came off the bench. 2 of 10. John Crotty played one minute that night. The Warriors started Latrell Sprewell, Chris Webber, Billy Owens, Avery Johnson, and Victor Alexander. Latrell Sprewell played 53 minutes. Latrell Sprewell didn't check out of the game. Holy cow. Latrell Sprewell played 53 minutes that night. The Warriors went one of eight from three in the entire game. Sprewell took seven of them. Weber played 41. Billy Owens played 41. Avery Johnson played 39. Their bench was Keith Jennings, Byron Houston, Jeff Grayer, Chris Gatling. Oh. Jazz slipped to 13 and seven in it. What do you think Talk Radio, 93, I was on Talk Radio. I was probably doing this. The Jazz had lost. It was a Saturday. The Jazz lost back-to-back games. They had broken a – the Jazz had had a five-game homestand. Well, wow, that must be nice. wonder what that would be like. Um, they had won all five. That would be nice, too. Uh, 
and then went to Denver and lost the night before, 107-98 to the Denver Nuggets, who were only okay, and played a back-to-back Denver-Golden State. That's kind of brutal. Mailman had 27 in the first game. Um, Walter Bond started on that one again as well. So uh, Luther Wright played two minutes. Lafonso Ellis, Dikembe Mutombo, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, Bryant Stiff, and Rodney Rogers. I love going back and doing this. I'm such a basketball junkie. I kind of even, I'm so old, too. I actually kind of remember this. The Jazz would actually come home for that play. Minnesota get back on their winning ways when forced, would actually go and win nine of their next ten to get to 22-8, and eight, and we knew they were rolling. Um, and the Jazz closed that year winning eight of nine. To get to 53 wins and beat the Spurs in the first round. Went seven games with Denver to beat the Nuggets 91-81 in game seven. And then lost to Houston. I don't remember that Nuggets series at all. Boy, I have no game recall. But I was covering that. Double overtime. Loss. Jazz won the first three of that series then lost the last three. And then one game seven. Now I do kind of, that kind of rings a bell. All right. That was Time Machine Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Actionheat.com slash locked on. Homie. Murdoch Hyundai. And grip6.com slash lock. Thanks for all the support of the program. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.